2: The following is a very special, best of, Eye on Real Estate with Douglas Elliman CEO, Dottie Herman. Got a question for Dottie and her team of experts? Send your emails to radioshow at Now, on with the show.
4: We're back. You're listening to Ion Real Estate. I'm here with East Coast pump and Stephen Ebert, and we're talking about real estate, inflation, what's going on, what we predict for 2022, and any questions you might have for us. Um, so call in with anything, but want to go over, uh, talk a little about inflation and what, what's going on with inflation. I mean, you're hearing that on the radio and on news, that inflation, I think, is uh, up 39.9%. It's the highest it's been for 30 years. Uh, so amid prices and inflation fears, you know, what does that do to real estate? And real estate is always known as a hedge against inflation. And why do I say that? Because when inflation happens um, and things all go up, uh, and this, you know, then what happens is prices go up in real estate. So if you have real estate, um, those that will appreciate with inflation. So uh, you know, it, it's a hedge against the meaning that uh people buy it because they see inflation coming. And, again, I don't know if this is temporary or it's here to stay. But if they see inflation and they buy a property, it, as if inflation continues, that property will still go up by due to inflation. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Do you think this uh, inflation is temporary or do you think that uh, it's going to be here to stay? Anyone think anything? I mean, on you want to go first?
5: Yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, look, I think there were some temporary elements that pushed it, you know, supply chain issues uh, and the like, but I think there's been a number of steps where unless if we change the trajectory, um, there are all these pressures on inflation. I think what's kept it down is some counterpoints um, by government because the reality is there is a tremendous amount of sovereign or government debt globally. So there are these two conflicting – Steps, that keep on going back and forth. And I think that's what's throwing off the projections. On the one hand, governments around the world are incentivized to keep inflation low because of sovereign debt, and that triggers government policies and how much they can spend. On the other hand is you have the reality. The fact is the cost of food has gone up. The fact is whether you agree or disagree with the policy, the government is engaging in certain regulations on how to build, When it comes to cars or when it comes to homes where those will be inflationary because the cost of construction will go up and some of this is national and some of this is local good example in los angeles in the hollywood hills area they the local government changed some of the zoning rules to effectively increase the cost of single home construction by about 40 percent because they wanted to disallow the use of timber and basically forcing the use of metal and concrete, which is just more expensive materials. So there's, I think, a broader conversation, but also it's a geographic one in the country because of how, you know, construction is done and the market, right? We've talked in the show about maybe, you know, 3D printing of communities, that one in Texas. We've talked about modular homes. Those are a different type of a market price points and costs. other parts of the market so it makes a little bit of the data i think tough for the individual consumer because it's a little scattershot but i think overall you're seeing those inflationary pressures um and and i think that's um you know a concern i mean even down to workers you know look at for example in the food service industry again it's tough to get workers but at the same time new york city has been tougher than new jersey so There's a few different, I think, uh, bits to consider. It's not
4: across the board. You're not not seeing it the same everywhere. But it's not true that when inflation increases, I mean, I think somebody had had sent me a question, and they said, well, I put X amount on my mortgage. That's about 25% down, so is my house going to increase more? And I just want to tell you this, and I kind of emphasize this, um, and I, I don't, know you know, I think this is something you talk to your accountants about, not me. But your house is going to go up or down regardless of how much you put down. So if you put, let's say the house was seven hundred thousand, I'm just using a number, and let's say you put four hundred thousand dollars down, and let's say Ace or Steve they buy this a house next door at the seven hundred, but they put a hundred thousand or one hundred fifty thousand down. As prices rise, they're both going to rise at the same time, okay? Um, You know, when inflation increases, so does real estate and the assets of real estate. So the house prices increase by the rate of inflation, okay, times the cost of the house, not by the cost of your down payment. So your down payment isn't going to mean – will have nothing to do with related to what you sell your house for. If you put a little down or a lot down, it's going to sell for the same price. So that is why, and it's not, you know, I can't give financial advice on the phone to like mass people. You have to speak to your accountant, but that's why sometimes people feel and it all depends on your comfortableness and your stage in life and whatever your circumstances. But sometimes people will prefer, they just want to be secure and say, look, I'm going to, I have the money to pay the house up in cash or put a lot down and have low payments, and I'm going to do that because that's, I don't want to have to worry about, you know, years from now, worrying I have to keep up a mortgage payment. And some people say, no, I'm going to put a minimum amount down, and I'm going to have that extra money that I would have put in my house, and that would be equity, but equity does nothing for you while it's in the house. I mean, it's not working for you, and I'm going to take that equity out. Instead of putting it all down the down payment, let's just say I'll put... $300,000 down and keep that extra money and and, and and invest it in something or look to make that make money because once it's in the equity in your house, it's in there, and it's not going to make your house go up or down. Am I saying that? Uh, that
6: that's you know? That's so you want to really
4: talk to your financial person about how much you should put down if you're in a position where you have a choice of putting a lot down or a smaller amount, and that would depend on where you are in life, your financial, you know, circumstances, and also what you plan to do. It's something that you should really look at and talk to a, a financial guy. I mean, look, real estate's big business; prices are big. Um,
6: Definitely, okay. and, and, and and Dottie, with talks to of with talks, yeah, and with talks of New York City possibly uh, reforming the salt deductions. You know, one of the biggest.
2: Oh they need to we, do that, that. We
6: talked about. They need to do that. And and one of the things that we talked about when sitting down with a client is, you know, a mortgage is probably one of the biggest tax shelters that you can have, right? And, And to your point, Dottie, depending on your situation, but with rates being so low, we try to tell them to take advantage of debt financing as much as you can. So in the past, if rates were higher, we'd say put more down. Right now, rates are so low that we're telling clients put Put the lease amount down if you can qualify, right? Because rates are so low, it's almost like t- getting free money. So take advantage of the rates now because you may never see these type of rates again. So let's say five years down the line when rates go up and you decide, hey, do want to take up more financing. It's going to cost you more. So right now with rates being so low, if you can afford it, we tell them, look, put as little down as possible. Take as much from the bank as and, and, and leverage the financing that they're willing to give you and use your cash for other investments, right? So it's uh, it's a great thing. And going to inflation, Dottie and Steven, the Federal Reserve has has always targeted 2% inflation. Right now, we're at 6.8%, guys, right? So it's very, very high. And the only way to hedge inflation is really putting your money in other assets, such as real estate, where to your point, Dottie, if prices go up, you know the price of real estate will continue to go up as well, so it's a little bit of a hedge against inflation, and that's why people are 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 looking towards real estate so much more. Yeah,
4: that's well. why I think there's even going to be more demand. Oh, I am so Correct. thrilled! I I um as I told you to be giving a show, I have a very special guest who's kind of the, I would say, guy. He's the encyclopedia of real estate, Amir Karangi, Um is an, hi, Tamir. He's an American publisher and uh, film producer who's founded the business magazine, The Real Deal, which is the Bible for all real estate. Hi, to, Dottie. How are you? So people. thank you. Oh, how are you? Thank I'm you for having me. Good. The last time I saw you was at the comedy club, I think. Uh,
1: that's <laughs> right. That's right.
4: Yeah, that's, one of that our was friends had a, a get together there, a, there.
1: There was a lot of legends there, including you. <laughs> yes.
4: Let me ask you. You know, I'm reading your bio, and of course, I know you from way back when. And I'm and like, it's five pages. Okay, it's like I can't. Like I, it's so much. But you are an adjunct, an adjunct professor of media and real estate in New York University. Uh, and will Columbia, you know? yes. And you. Um, you were, after graduate studies at Emerson College, you moved to New York in 1999 and worked at Yahoo and eventually began investing in New York City real estate. And these transactions inspired you to recognize a void in the industry for compelling real estate news. And yes. in April 2003, Karanji put the first edition of The Real Deal from his apartment in Prospect Heights, Brooklyn. And the Real Deal, just, which is the Bible, anybody who's in real estate undercover. or wants to know about real estate, um, the Real Deal provides an inside look into the prominent New York real estate market as well as reports national and international market trends. There are also South Florida and Los Angeles editions of the real estate available online deal, daily. And I'm telling you, there is, I'm in the business. That's my Bible, okay? Now, I mean, I I, I, I remember when we first met and you were as you said you were in an apartment in Brooklyn yes and you That's were just starting out and yes, yes and I had just bought the company and so obviously the New York Times and the Post and they were all asking me to give them the story and Amir really right. was working in a, a little apartment in Brooklyn and the real deal nobody even knew about it just came out and I met him and as soon as I met him and I say this uh, it was uh, I could make this up. I knew he was a home run and a winner, and I gave him the story on the Doug, which is a big story then, that Douglas Ellman was purchased. Uh, it, it was a record price so for Brooklyn. broker. For Howard Warburg and Dottie Herman, yeah. and there's a whole. It was a whole bunch of media about it, and I gave the story to Amir. I gave it to you? Because yes, I the real heard.
1: deal. Yes, you did.
4: And, you, and we had you, had you, on, you the on the cover. You were on the go very second cover you of the- how you got here and what you've done and, uh, in uh, taking that magazine and really made it a Bible. How did you, like, yeah, give us how that all happened to you.
1: Well, you know, I came to uh, New York because I really wanted to be in publishing. And, um, you know, like everybody else, I was looking for an apartment and realized how expensive everything is and you know, when I, when my first job in the city, I was making about, you know, forty forty two thousand dollars dollars a year, which at the time was uh, a lot of money for me. And, but I, the, my rent was such a big chunk of my, uh, uh, you know, my paycheck that I thought maybe it would be better for me to buy something. And uh, so I started to look for places where I could afford uh, something to buy. And of course, the more I looked, the further away from Manhattan I got. But then I ended up going to Prospect <laughs> Heights, and this was before, brooklyn really started to gentrify and stuff so i i ended up buying uh you know I, for me i knew that as long as i was near a train near the subway in new york city i i would be okay i was like as long as i can be in union square or somewhere downtown you know within uh, 25 30 minutes it's it's worthwhile and so i ended up buying something in um in prospect heights and um and then You know, I I lost my job at uh, Yahoo and I thought that, oh, my God, I can't afford to keep this place. And I actually ended up waiting tables and I went to sell my apartment and uh, I realized that it had gone up in value by like almost 200 percent, which I had. I didn't realize at all because I, I'd only been there for, like, you know, 16 months. But the gentrification of Brooklyn was happening at such a pace. This was the early 2000s, and, like, you know, prices were, like, going up like crazy. And uh, when, I, when I, I sold the property, and I was like, this is the best thing ever because I made so much more money than just working at a desk. And I took the money, and I started buying from local brokers in Brooklyn, like, you know, on Flatbush Avenue, the local guys. What? And then marketing it to the Manhattan market, and then I was just like flipping apartments uh, for my flipping apartments and small townhouses. Uh, You know, I did like uh, like I don't know like fourteen of them in a matter of like three years. And then I sort of missed uh, publishing. And there was this one deal that I didn't, uh, I never, uh, I wasn't, it wasn't supposed to happen, and the deal did happen and I, you know, I, I ended up with, uh, you know, $80,000 and I was like, you know what? I wasn't supposed to have this money. So let me put this towards uh, publishing and, you know, get back into publishing somehow. And I didn't intend to make any money from it because, you know, I was doing it out of my apartment and I was like, I'll just burn through this 80 K putting out the magazine that I want. And at least I'll have, I'll do something in publishing. I'm sorry. It's a passion of yours,
4: wasn't it?
1: Yeah, I went to school for journalism. I, you know, I was in, uh, I was a journalist before, so it's something that I always liked and I wanted to get back into it. But the money was never up to par compared to like flipping the apartments in Brooklyn and you know some of the other areas. And you know, I started doing stuff in Boston too. And it was uh so that money was so good that I was like, I'll never stop flipping houses because, the you know, especially in the early 2000s. I mean, you know, that was like the boom period for real estate. Yep. And I mean, that continued for the next 20 years. But it was uh it, that was just the start of it. So I was like, I'll always uh, like, you know, flip apartments is the best money. But then when it then the real deal became bigger and bigger and bigger. And now we're in Chicago, San Francisco, Los Angeles, uh, you know, South Florida and New York. And hopefully we'll be in Texas by the end of the year.
4: Another booming market. Well, really. So you, you know, I re- remember when you started out and you had nothing, and you, you really, you know, we, you know, like I said, you worked out of a little apartment, and you have taken that. I mean, I remember the first issue of the Real Deal, and you had just New York then, uh, and I watch what you've done with that because honestly, no one knew the Real Deal. It was never it was a new magazine, and you know, it's not that you know, it's that it and 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 he quickly really built that magazine to be the bible and i tell you the bible for real estate i mean i i lived through it there's never uh, an issue that i miss of all the issues that he has and i know when i read that i'm going to find that real information it's not slanted and unfortunately with the press and everything today sometimes you know i'm not too anxious to listen to what they have to say or actually believe in it so how did you Like, okay, you know, I think you're a genius. I mean, I'm just saying that. I mean, I think you're, you know, a great human being, I think, but I have such respect for you. And I've watched, you know, everyone thinks, when they see somebody like you so successful, they feel, oh, well, you know, they don't look at your the the roots that you, the humble roots and how you really built this from nothing. And I've watched you build a real deal, and I don't think there's any uh, publication that even remotely comes close to it. I mean, you've cornered that market, and I can't see you having. I mean, I guess there's always some competition, but not competition that's at par with you. What, you know, what gave you the impetus to grow it, and how did you grow it over the years? And you even grew the publication to be a lot more inclusive of many things. How did that all come to you?
1: Well, you know, it was a matter of what we could cover. When I started The Real Deal, nobody was covering real estate news. The New York Times didn't have a dedicated – even though the real estate section for the Times at the time in, in the early 2000s was the highest grossing section for the Times, they didn't have a dedicated real estate reporter or editor. They would have rotating people from the style section and other sections write stories as though it was a chore. But uh, And the same thing for the Wall Street Journal. Wall Street Journal had – only one reporter for the whole country covering real estate, so it was Are so random that uh, it. I'm sorry.
4: So, so, so you picked up on a trend that was basically you were visionary because. Nobody was doing it. it,
1: it everybody was doing. Real estate was picking up steam at the point. Look, in the 1990s, the, the demand for people—not everybody was into real estate the way they are today, right? Like at, in the 1990s, real estate was growing up at two percent, four percent a year. It was in the 2000s when people started seeing like real growth and seeing real estate as a commodity where they could try trade. And you had more people becoming real estate brokers than any time in history, and you had more real estate transactions than any time in history. Than you have in the last 20 years. So people from all ages and all sort of uh, you know backgrounds are interested in real estate today more than they ever were before. So you know for me when I, I was you know I got into it and I was like this is incredible and you know I, I was always looking for information and news on how I could better understand the market and what I could learn from the market so I could apply it to my own deals. And I couldn't find anything to read. I was literally looking for all the content I could get. And you know, in the early uh, 2000s, you didn't have uh, the internet was not as robust as it is today. You know, but now we are. You know, we pr- we produce more real estate content uh, than all the dailies and weeklies combined. Now, I want you to tell us a little bit about that. We
4: just have a quick break from here, and then what I'd like you to tell us where the real deal is now and how people can get it if they don't know that it really. Um, but we have a quick break. We'll be right back, and we'll <laughs> Sure. The guy who started the real deal and is a brilliant real estate man and I think a friend. I will, we'll be right back.
1: Hi, folks. This is Jerry Crowley, General Manager at Salem Media Group in New York. I want to tell you about a terrific opportunity we have for two people to join us, one to sell digital advertising and the other to sell radio advertising at the radio station. Please drop me a note at jerry.crowley at salem.cc if you're interested or you know someone who might be interested in joining us. Jerry.crowley at salem.cc. Thank you very much.
7: Relief Factor. Pain relief that works. Pain relief that's real. Pain relief that is liberating tens of thousands of Americans from their daily pain, me included, but not just me, people like Yvonne from California. This is Yvonne's story. Both my husband and I are in our 70s and are so grateful to have found Relief Factor. We tried so many other solutions, but none of them have given us the freedom of being pain-free like Relief Factor. Just those two words, pain free. That should be you. That could be you. Find out today by ordering the three-week quick Starter pack for just 1995 at ReliefFactor.com. It'll be at your door in three days or less. Take it morning and evening like I do. And I promise you, Dr. G's guarantee by the end of those three weeks, you will know whether it works for you. If you have back pain, shoulder, neck, hip, knee, or foot pain from exercise or even just getting older, you must order the three-week quick start now. Discount it to only $19.95 to see if it will work for you too. I think it could. Give your body what it needs to heal itself. Go to relieffactor.com, call 800-500-8384, relieffactor.com.
2: It's said that if you don't like the weather, just wait a few minutes and it'll change. Well, the weather isn't the only thing changing. Local business owners are saying it's getting harder to sustain their business than it was a few months ago. Let Salem Surround help you today. Our team of local in-market experts will utilize the latest research and marketing technology to deliver media plans that will exceed your expectations. Salem Surround is here to help you achieve success.
1: Learn more at surroundnewyork.com. surroundnewyork.com,
8: connecting you with new customers. You and your family's health must be a priority. Invite Health is making this easy with our buy one, get one free New Year's event. Buy any Invite Health product that's suggested retail and get the second bottle free. This is a good time to speak with our degreed healthcare professionals about invite health selection of premium vitamins and non-GMO nutritional supplements, especially to support your immune system, including Probiotic HX, Immunity HX, and Beta Immunity. Give us a call to order by phone or to speak with a degreed healthcare professional seven days a week at 800-459-2272. That number again, 800 459 Two two seven two. Visit invitehealth.com for our retail locations and additional product offers. Take advantage of Invite's limited time. Buy one, get one free New Year's event. Contact Invite at 800-459-2272. That number again, 800-459-2272 or go to invitehealth.com. Invite Health, get healthy, stay healthy. The following pre-recorded program is
2: an encore broadcast. No phone calls will be taken. The following is a very special best of Ion on Real Estate with Douglas Elliman CEO, Dottie Herman. Got a question for Dottie and her team of experts? Send your emails to radioshowatelliman.com. Now, on with the show. You're
4: listening to Ion on Real Estate. I'm Dottie Herman. I'm here with Ace Plus, Supop, Stephen Eden, and our special guest. Amir Karanji, and he is famous, and he's built a, a huge business. That's not all he does. He does so many things I can't even get into it. Um, he has so many interests. He speaks. And you did a documentary. Didn't you do a film? Don't you do films, too? You did a feature documentary, in your didn't you, on Kaspis Kudilis?
1: Yes, we did. We did a, a documentary for PBS uh, on Costas Candilis who is the architect who designed more high-rises than anybody else in the history of New York, which is really... Yes, I knew, I knew him.
4: I knew him in the day. I mean, unfortunately, he's not alive now, but he was the architect. I mean, he was the name. When you heard about famous or select you know, architects, Costas kind of had a fortune. He did a documentary on him also, so you, you have so many different talents. But going back to what you said, so you started the real deal in New York, and then you started expanding on that and giving information, and you were truly correct. There was no place to get information. The New York Times had a big real estate section, but it was really people selling their houses. Yeah. It wasn't that much real estate no, it was, and at a time. I think the Post kind of covered it. Uh, there was a time when a... Uh, Braden, uh, Kyle kind of covered that pretty thoroughly, but right. it wasn't like yours. It wasn't real information. It was kind of more gossipy and who's and who's who that sold their houses. So you were the first publication. Well, yeah,
1: we, what made you? Yeah, we tried Nancy. to cover some now of that stuff Now you You're especially.
4: in Miami, in Florida. Where else? You're, in Texas. We're, so you're we're in
1: Texas? We're in South Florida. We're in Chicago. We're in Los Angeles, San Francisco, of course, New York, and then hopefully in, uh, in the three cities in Texas. Um, uh, That'll be great.
4: That's
1: really on fire. Yeah. So and let Houston, me ask and
4: you Dallas, something. You, you, right What do you see? What do you see? Um, where do you see New York City? And do you see similarities between all the markets that you're in? Or you see very different. so you see and where do you see New York City, um, and some of the, where do you see North New York City a year or two from now?
1: Well, you know, one thing that I've noticed that uh, that sort of goes across in uh, all the markets is um, how everything has the price of everything how it's gone up and how people are willing to pay for really expensive stuff there's been an an incredible amount of wealth that was created in the last couple of years and of course those people uh, you know they want to put their money into hard assets as the inflation keeps going up so you know people are paying for real estate at a higher price than they ever have before because they realize that their money is not going to have the same value uh, as it did, you know, several years ago. And as as the years come, that the, the value of their currency is not going to hold well. While real estate will hold value in most cases, it'll continue to go up. Well, that's but, you know, we it. the this,
4: dollar yeah. is going to be less valuable because we're printing so much of it, and so people are looking. Yeah. That's how cyber currency. I think. I think that's but one of the reasons. Think about all kind of-
1: the just think about all the crazy wealth that was created out of thin air with the cryptocurrencies. You have trillions of dollars that was created out of thin air with cryptocurrencies. And a lot of those people are putting their, you know, taking that, you know, money that was like basically created out of nothing. And they're putting it into real estate and buying hard assets with it. And you see some of these deals, you see some of these crazy deals that are happening. Like you saw the NFT, some NFT sold for, Seventy billion dollars, and that was like some crypto guy. Like those guys have like no concept of money, uh, because like it was really created out of thin air for them. And they're they're the ones who are paying the most amount for some of these real estate assets. Yesterday we did a story on a fifty million dollar home that sold in um, in Southern California, and you know the price of it had gone up by so much it it just didn't make sense. And it turns out it was some crypto guy who wanted to unload cash, and he ended up paying fifty million dollars for a house that was probably worth you know closer to. Maybe 35 million or 30 million dollars. In other words, but, you know, he did it them,
4: just it get doesn't... cash
1: out. I'm sorry.
4: He did that so he could create. In other words, he bought it for a lot more than it was worth, so he can get cash. Uh,
1: yeah. So I mean, he bought it because he's trying to unload his crypto. Not that uh, not that crypto is going anywhere, but crypto is very volatile. Like it goes up by like 30 percent, it comes down by 30 percent. So, you know, he took that crypto out and bought real estate with it because he knows that's like a hard asset. That's, you know, that's not going to go anywhere. It's not going to have those, you know, wild swings of going up. It's not going to have wild swings.
4: I, I, you know, I right. think if you buy real estate, as long as you don't have to sell it at a time that you don't want to sell it, um, I think over the long run. You know, people line,
1: always ask, when is a good time to buy? Is this a good time to buy? Is this a bad time to sell? I always tell them you know that I said, there's no good or bad you know, time. There's no good about that. There's always a market. If, if, if the market's really exactly. high, there's a market for that. If the market's really low, there's a market for that. They, you always play. You don't, you don't just pull out and say, like, oh, I'm going to wait for the perfect timing for everything to be great. Th- that's not working the market. You work the market by no, constantly it, being it, out it, there.
4: That's great advice. And I remember before Donald Trump was president, he wrote a couple of books. And one book that he wrote, he asked me to, like, give my advice on when's the best time to buy real estate. And I said, there's right. never a best time. There's always a good time. It's just different. You employ, you, you, you just have different marketing strategies based on the time it is. But there is never right. a bad time to buy. You just have to know the market and what's going on in the market at the time. Um,
1: Look, we and, have a mutual and friend. And I don't uh,
4: say because uh, I'm in real estate, but, hey, I feel, I mean, you could make millions in the stock market. And, and, and people did. Okay, but I yeah. feel, you know, and again, it depends on your risk tolerance and a lot of other factors, but I just feel with real estate, it's a lot, in my opinion, and again, it's my opinion, it's a lot safer, um, you know, if you if you can, once you get in, if you can keep up the payments, um, you know, it doesn't have the swings, like it really doesn't, And you know, I don't have to watch it. Like, it, like a stock, yeah. The your
1: ultimate use. asset. It could be- real estate is the ultimate asset, and that's why it's the largest asset class in the world. Because from institutions to individuals, everybody wants real estate, knowing that it's the safest bet. So it is the largest asset class in the world. You know, everyone wants a piece of it. It's just that, like, how do you get in? And there's always a way to get in. Luckily, in this country, they make it extremely easy. To uh, for home ownership, which is great. So, you know, with the with the right investment, with the right plan, anybody can you know own a home or or own a business or own their own real estate, which is great.
4: Maybe you could give us some. And I hope you'll come back again. I'd love to have you on. Um, You're so knowledgeable, but maybe you could give everyone some advice because I think that all of us, including you, I just you know heard you say that when you started, you didn't. You weren't able to afford like uh, a trophy pro- apartment in New York City, so you right. should get in somewhere. We have to start somewhere. So don't. You might have to compromise. There always what a you exactly yeah, there's always a market. There's
1: always a market yeah i mean if 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 you find out what you can afford first of all everybody can uh, afford a little bit more than they think they can afford you'd be surprised especially now with the with the interest rates being so low that uh, people can afford things that you know uh, you know t- fifteen years ago you would have had to buy something you know twenty five percent of the size or the price but now with the interest rates that are so low, people can afford to buy things um you know that are that are more than they thought they could afford, which which I think is great, and I feel like it 's a once in a lifetime opportunity to take advantage of it to be able to go out there and uh, buy a property and find out what you can afford and do a search if you 're in New York City, do a search, and I promise you you 're going to find something that you can afford, and you know you 're going to find a, a collection of stuff you can afford, and you know finding the right place, maybe it 's not in the ideal neighborhood you want to live in or it 's not the ideal apartment, but if you want to own real estate as an investment. There are opportunities for everyone across the board. You know, I, like I said, you know, I started out. I was making forty-two grand a year. Every week, I was saving two hundred fifty dollars until I saved up to about twenty grand. And then when I got to twenty grand, I, you know, I started. Uh, I bought my first apartment, and then I just kept building on that and building on that. And I can't tell you how many. You know, I, I speak to a lot of major landlords and major developers, and I can't tell you how many of them started out that way. You know, David Liechtenstein. Is uh, he's the chairman and CEO of uh, Lightstone, one of the largest landlords uh, in the country. You know, he started out with nothing. He bought a single, uh, he bought a a multifamily in Brooklyn, and he leveraged that and leveraged that and leveraged that. And now he's one of the largest landlords in the entire country. I mean, he owns uh, you know dozens of hotels and shopping centers and uh, you know tens of thousands of apartments. But he started out with just buying that first single asset, making it work leveraging it, and buying another one, and buying another one, and making it work. Look, he doesn't bat 100% all the time, but the fact is that he's out there doing deals that are either going to add to his portfolio or, you know, push him forward in some ways. And, you know, you win some, you lose some, hopefully you, you win more than you lose, but at the end of the day, you have to be out there, you know, playing the game.
4: Well, you said it, you have to be in it to win it. So let me say first of all, thank you. Now, how does somebody? I mean, we all know the real deal. I mean, everyone I know has it subscribe to all sure. the real Deals. But how does somebody who's listening to our show? Because I will post it. Now, um, if they don't, if they, if they're not subscribed, or maybe they don't work in real estate, so they don't. How would they? No, so you could just go, go online, online and get and it. The and I mean, I, would say they want? So I just don't. How do yeah, they?
1: The, the realdeal.com is the largest uh, real estate news outlet on the internet. And we post stories on there every 20 minutes, and it's, divide, you know, it's uh, broken up into different markets because we really believe that real estate is a local phenomenon, so you so can't like, really yeah. do national coverage of real estate. So we have the New York, you just go to therealdeal.com, and you can select the city that you're interested in and understand that market just by going through the headlines. Yes. Amir, so, I just want
4: to say, first of all, thank you. So much. I hope you'll come My on pleasure, this year and give us a, a follow up. And I, if I don't see you, I want you to enjoy the holidays. And for those of you listening you. or those of you who are going to stream, I'm going to post all the information about the real deal so that you can sign up. And I never endorse something I don't believe in. I will tell you if you want to know about real estate, there's no better publication. And again, you know, based on the area you want, you could pick the magazine that really contributes to the area. Amir, thank you so much. Okay, Thank you, and I wish you happy holidays. Maybe I'll see you like after the holidays.
1: I was hoping to see you today, but they said you weren't coming to town. So hopefully next no, time. No,
4: I'm in town. I have pneumonia. I was supposed to go to the studio, and I just I have pneumonia. So, <laughs> but, so, <laughs> so I'm in town. I'm in New York. Uh, so I just respect That was all. But I, um, I, I'll, I'll I'm going to be, in New York. Maybe we'll catch up during the week. I'll call you and we'll maybe get it thrown together or something.
3: Route 22 Toyota, all right, Alex Ginsella, he wants you to know that due to the current landscape in the automotive industry, your current vehicle has never been worth more. That's right, Alex told me that he's paying overbooked value for all makes and models, so get over to Route 22 Toyota in Hillside, New Jersey, right now, and find out how much your vehicle is worth, whether you lease, finance your vehicle, or own it outright. It's worth more now than ever before. Alex says it does not matter if you purchase or lease a new vehicle, they're offering overbooked Value for any make or model. Supply is low, which means your vehicle is in demand. And our friends at Route 22 Toyota, they are making it worth your time. It's 973 705 8905. You speak to someone on Alex's team, you get more than ever before for your current vehicle. The address at Route 22 Toyota is 109 Route 22 West in Hillside, New Jersey, 973 705 8905. Or start here, please. Route 22 Toyota.
7: This is Sebastian Gorka, and I want to invite you to join me for a powerful travel opportunity that will likely become the highlight of your year. I'm headed to Israel in November 2022 for a 10-day Stand with Israel tour of the key sites and best places meant to give you an unprecedented view of a world you've likely only read or heard about. Together, we'll uncover key geopolitical insights as we unpack Israel's significance on the world stage. You'll return home empowered by the experience. If you've ever dreamt of visiting Israel, this is your opportunity. Come with me in 2022. For more information, call 855-565-5519 or book online at Stand. With IsraelTour.com. 855-565-5519. Or stand with IsraelTour.com. This is Sebastian Gorka, and I want to invite you to join me for a powerful travel opportunity that will likely become the highlight of your year. I'm headed to Israel in November 2022 for a 10-day stand with Israel tour of the key sites and best places meant to give you an unprecedented view of a world you've likely only read or heard about. Together, we'll uncover key geopolitical insights as we unpack Israel's significance on the world stage. You'll return home empowered by the experience. If you've ever dreamt of visiting Israel, this is your opportunity. Come with me in 2022. For more information, call 855 565 fifty five nineteen or book online at standwithisraeltour dot com eight five 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 six five fifty five nineteen or stand dot com
2: the following pre-recorded program is an encore broadcast. No phone calls will be taken. The following is a very special, best of, Ion Real Estate with Douglas Elliman CEO, Dottie Herman. Got a question for Dottie and her team of experts? Send your emails to radioshow at Now, on with the show.
4: We're back. You're listening to Ion Real Estate. I'm here with H1 and Steven Ebert. And we just listened to Amir. Uh, Angie and he is just sensational but you know I, I go back with him way back then I just want to say that I had planned to give out the read the winners and um, some of the um, I wanted to read them some of the what um, what is home mean to me and I'm looking at the time and I really don't have much time to do that so I'm going to have to postpone that one more week um, but there's so many good uh, we had so many entries and they're so good, they're hard to choose on what home is. And I am going to, if it's okay with you, I, don't, I won't put names if you don't want me to, but I'm going to ask permission. I'd like to post some of them once we pick the winner. And I'd like some of you to hear some of them and, and vote on them also. I, I found it hard to pick one. It, it, they were just all just so wonderful. on what And how important home is to everyone. The home is, you know, your home. And as I said last week, it, it can be like a, a studio apartment, it could be a mansion, it could be a tent, but whatever it is, it's your home and people feel safe in their homes. And by the way, the trends all point to, and Ace, you'll remember when they were just saying, oh, that's the end of real estate, it's not going to happen, uh, you know, no one's going to buy it, it went down, the millennials will never want it. Well, that's so untrue. Okay, and um, I think it's bigger than I've ever seen it, and who would think that COVID, I mean, it was always big, but COVID brought it to a completely, even a bigger level, and I don't see that changing. I just, uh, I just see that going on and on and on, and I, I also want to say that for those of you who are contemplating, a lot of people are contemplating leaving jobs, starting over again, or maybe your job didn't reopen if you listen to some of the guests I have, a majority of them, a lot of them, including myself, uh, really never planned to be in real. Just things worked out and, you know, the, you know something didn't work out. And I someone said, well, why don't you get into real estate? And I said, eh, I'm a financial planner. I don't know that I want to do that. And things just happened. so if you look at some of these people's stories, they really came from nowhere. So I just want to give my own personal advice to people. If you're not passionate about something, well, then I don't think you can very be great at it. It'll be a job. But if you want to have a blessing that I feel blessed that in my life, um, and again, I wouldn't have known this when I was 20. I didn't know, gee, I want to be up in real estate. It was the furthest thing from my mind. I wanted to do what everyone wanted to do when I was growing up because for women, it was like be a teacher. Or be a nurse. Now, I didn't want to do bedpans, so that was out. Okay, but, okay, I said, well, then I'll just become a teacher. And then, you know, when I did that, I was like, well, this is good, but, you know, I really make more money. And it's not like, it's just, you know, it's great, and I love teaching people. It's still a part of me, but I, you know, I love mentoring people, but I really love this. I was blessed to be in a business that I really loved. So, um, and again, next year we'll have Esther on and she'll talk about how you get into real estate again. But just remember, most people that you read about, you read about when they're famous and you don't look at the steps that it took to get there. And I remember. That Amir, who's, you know, like he was in a little apartment with one bed. And I, I don't think he even had a bedroom. It was like a studio. And I was like, well, no one's not going to know you're filming from there. And then I, instead of giving to the story to the New York Times or the Post or a major magazine, I give the head story on Douglas Elliman's self or whatever uh, to a guy who nobody even knew. But that's how much I believed in him. And um, what he's done is incredible. And, uh, and and, and, and uh, I look at Ace, Ace. So, I mean, I, it took me two years to get Ace from, well, you were in, I won't mention the bank, but you were in some of uh, you know, gifted program for all their superstars that they thought were going to be future superstars, which, of course, I knew also. And I think it took me two years to get you Ace at least. But, I mean, we all came from really, you know, Steve, you know, I don't know, you know, Did you always want to be an attorney?
5: I'm I'm sorry. Can you say that one more time, Daddy?
4: Excuse me. No, I said, did you always say you wanted to be an attorney?
5: I'm sorry, I'm having trouble hearing you on the audio. It's what? Oh, all right.
4: Well, in any event, what I'm trying to basically say, we had a bad phone connection. Sometimes that happens. Is that if you are passionate about something and you think that you could you love it you really should try to pursue that and you know what if you ask around there's always people I find that are very successful that if you ask somebody who meant to you maybe some people say no but you're always going to find somebody um, like myself I find myself on the internet with girls I don't even know who they are therefore like they're 25 and they're like would you help me out I'm doing this business it's not even real estate and I'm I'm an entrepreneur. I love being an entrepreneur. I, you know, I happen to be in the real estate business, but I love building businesses. And I and I certainly love sharing my expertise with people because throughout my lifetime, of course, I think I had some of the greatest mentors that gave their time, um, just because they were great people and they saw something in me and I was that passionate. But I asked. And I I remember when I was in my 20s, there was a group of The biggest real estate companies in the country, and I was only on Long Island then, and they used to have these meetings that only the best people could go to, the biggest companies. And I said, listen, I know I don't make that company yet, but one day I will. I would come. I would pay you if you let me sit in on a meeting. I would pay you. And of course they didn't make me pay, but they let me come. And there I was, I was in my twenties, and I said, all these guys, and of course there was all guys then, um, so, and all these guys, and they had these huge companies. And then they said to me, you know, Dottie, if we get anything, like, you know, any technology or anything that we think is great, fly to Cal, we'll call you, come to California, you can find out from us. And I was too small to know about things, I learned so much. So I think that all people should ask, just ask. And um, do you have any words of wisdom, anybody? Like Ace, how, how do, what do you what do you think if people I mean, want to get into the mortgage business?
6: Yeah, if if they want to get into the mortgage business or the real estate business, Dottie. You know, uh, and thank you so much for all the kind words. Um but you it's know, true. Always, I
4: don't say but, what's not
6: but, but similar to Amir, right, um, he truly, truly wanted to make a difference in the marketplace. You know, I, I've had the pleasure of knowing him for almost, uh, um, you know, a number of years now. And he's done phenomenal as it becomes the standard um, if, if you want to publish something in the in the real deal. Right. And, you know, for me, it, it's a passion of mine. I love real estate. You know, I, I told you the story, Dottie, I where I always too. wanted to invest in real where where I wanted to invest in real estate. So for me, it was a source of education on how to actually leverage other people's money, which is the bank's money, right? So it, it really drew me into becoming the best version of myself as it pertains to mortgage because I wanted to learn it for myself. So when I speak with a client, you know, they they really they really see the passion behind what I'm what I'm doing and things of that nature. And when it when you have a passion and you're working a lot, it becomes you don't feel like you're working a lot, right? And that's exactly. the one thing that I want to tell our listeners. It's it's not the amount of hours that you put in because if you're interested in your in your trait or in your craft, you're going to study about it. You're going to look at different things that other people are doing, even on your time off, So supposedly, quote-unquote, time off, right? It, and you're never off. So that's why it's, it's fun. Uh, you're building something at the same time. So I, I would just tell our listeners – Try to find something that you're passionate about even if it's music even if it's you know there's so many people now creating careers with the internet it's it's just amazing how people are now they have their nine to five but they also have their passion as well right so so you just got to find what your passion is as you're kind of going through your your own journey life journey and and if you find that passion you're going to do really really well so that's that's probably the best advice i can tell anyone that's listening.
4: That's great advice. And you don't always know your passion. As I said, yeah, I, you don't know. You know, I didn't even be becoming a real estate person. Right, mean, it wasn't in my, that I was growing up. And again, when I was growing up, I don't think real estate was held. In such, you know, I mean, I, I don't think people kind of looked at it as a profession other than they said, oh, divorced women go in there and guys that retire early go in there and, you know, whatever. Um, it wasn't what it is today. I mean, it's today and you have to have so many skills. I thought it was kind of, oh, here's what you do. You show three houses, one average, one good, and one bad, and they'll buy one of them, okay? I mean, it was like so different. And there was only three mortgages, I think. Eighth, when we go back, there was FHA, which is federally subsidized, and there was VA if you were a veteran, and then there was a conventional mortgage. And then they had the negative ab mortgages because the interest rates, the year that I started real estate, I think the interest rates went up to 17 or 18%. And people said, how and why would you come into the business? All the people that were there years said, why would you start a business when the interest rates were, I mean, I think they were 13 or 14 at the time. They went up to 17. Uh, And I said, well, I don't know when it was good. I don't know the good times. So if I get through this time, the rest of it will be a piece of cake. And frankly, during that time where the interest rates were so high, um, we really had to learn a lot because we had to work with the homeowners to sell the houses where they would take back mortgages. We would do a lot of diff- different things. But, it, but, I, but again, I said I'm truly blessed. I am very sorry that I couldn't, do but I really want to read them. They're so great, and I want to be able to publish them. And before I put them online, I have to ask your permission. Uh, so I hear. But I didn't forget the $1,000, and um, we will not be on the air for Christmas or, or, and for New Year's. We have one more show. And um, and then we're gonna we're gonna take a little vacation ourselves. Um, so I I just um, want to say get out there, and um, I think what 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 Amir said is true. You have to learn the business. I mean, you want a broker to tell you that this is a great deal, or this is a good deal. So just get out there. Starting off, saying goodbye. Have a great weekend, and we'll be back next.